Hi, everyone. Welcome to North Point Plus. This is episode 129, 129. And if you are watching and not just listening, yes, Jake and I did call to match our t-shirts for this. We did. We're twinning right now. Yep. And I didn't even notice. He noticed first. Yeah. (laughs) Just like I said before, we got two different energy levels today. I'm the one who's had too much coffee, I think. And I'm still working on my first. And you're still still on the first tee, so it's not happening. That's That's all right. We're going to bring it. That's okay. I mean, you're the one that has to talk probably more because you spoke maybe, on Sunday. Maybe I should just ask you the questions. You want to do it? You can do that. I wrote some notes in there. I don't think anybody wants to hear that from me today. <laughs> I want to hear that. I'm, I'm all in. But everybody else who probably asked the question is like, why? I don't want Sylvia's answer? Yeah, what does she know? I think you're underestimating yourself. I would read in a monotone voice off of your <laughs> notes and that would be it. We should get AI to like change our voices oh, for this at some point in time. You boys want to do yeah. Mustache Jake. so Oh, I've really wanted to like host my own podcast, Mustache Jake. I, nobody knows this idea yet <laughs> and we'll probably never get to do it. But like just do the two camera angles so that like I'm asking myself questions but never acknowledging it and I wear a fake mustache in one of them. I think it would be fun. Nobody would watch that. Yeah. Well, I think people would watch it, but then they'd be like, is this guy for real? Yeah. Yeah. They would tune up. When is he going to acknowledge the mustache or the fact that he's talking to himself? To, yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of editing, to be fair, that it's I don't want to do. It's so, true. like, and there would unless... be a lot of therapists who would call and be like, hey, I have services that would be available for you. <laughs> oh, I'd take gosh. Them, so there you go. Well, hey, okay. Um, give us a recap. Well, I was going to say, what's important is we are going to spend some time talking into the sermon, but you know what we're not going to do? We are not going to talk about college basketball on this podcast. We are not going to bring up the fact that Michigan State lost to a team who hasn't won on a conference road game in like 17 or 19 tries or hasn't won in East Lansing in like 12 years I, you know, or I've, doesn't have their head coach. I have the power. We I'm just going to turn the camera on me. I'm just saying we're not going to talk gonna about that. I'm just going to lean over and turn your there mic are people all the way off. who don't want to hear about that, Sylvia, and I want to make sure that they're still listening. So we're just not going to bring that up. So don't you do it. Don't you try. I refuse to when talk this video about Ohio has State less or views, Michigan State basketball. I'm tattling. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not talking about it. It's not coming from me. Let me take a quick sip. Yeah. Thank you for that. Oh, it tastes good. Um, tidbit of information. There you go. So back to other things. You know, Jesus. Oh yeah. You know, um, yeah. if you wanted to talk about uh, what y- your little speech was about on Sunday. <laughs> You can just go ahead and take that right away. Uh, we need to refer to them as little speeches from now yeah. on. Hey, what's your little speech going to be on on Sunday? <laughs> oh, man, that's good. I like that. Yes. <laughs> so we started a new series uh, going through Easter called Unexpected, and we're talking about Jesus's encounters that he had with people that are just simply that, unexpected. Um, unexpected because maybe t- Jesus is talking to somebody that everybody else would have thought, oh, scandalous, Jesus, what are you doing? Uh, or he says things that are difficult at times. Um, and so we dove into that here a bit with um, uh, Nicodemus. I almost said Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> wrong guy. Um, that's my little, I almost got my own little speech wrong. Uh, Nicodemus here. Um, and it's a fun one. We There are basically like three phases to Nicodemus's story. And uh, I got a text message from a buddy who goes to church with us. And he was like, man, there's all this other stuff about Nicodemus. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. I didn't get into any of that um, because you didn't want to sit there for two hours and listen right. to me either. Um, but this is like part one of Nicodemus. Nicodemus's story. He shows up at night talking to Jesus um, and seeing all the wonders, all the teaching, all the miracles. And he's like, Jesus, we know you're from God, Rabbi, great teacher, because like nobody could do the things that you do unless they came from God. And Jesus is like, you want to know how to get to be with God? You need to be born again. Mm-hmm. 
Nicodemus says, Mama don't want to hear that, and yeah. that sounds crazy. What are you talking about? And he goes on this whole, bo- uh, you know, to be born again, to um, be born of, of water and spirit. In other words, a cleansing from all the unrighteousness on us and the spirit of God coming inside of us and recognizing that the only way to God is through Jesus and that Jesus is the light. And there's this... this uh, Beautiful picture of Nicodemus showing up at light and Jesus calling or showing up in darkness and Jesus referring to himself as the light that comes into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world could be saved through him and like just mm-hmm. flips it all in there. And it's totally not at all what Nicodemus thought they were going to do or talk about. And it's fantastic. Yeah, I kind of like um, how you just joked about like, oh, my ma- my mom wouldn't like that or whatever, <laughs> because the Bible can be funny. Oh, like, yeah. That's a good one. And like, I, I don't know. Like when you read it, I don't know enough to figure out like is Nicodemus sure. talking physically? Like is he yes. being like trying to be? <laughs> surely you don't mean go back up and mom, right? Like, that, or is he saying like, about is it all about second chances? Like yeah. if you say we all get a second chance at life, like surely you don't mean we just get a second chance at life. Jesus. Yeah. Both of them are like really cool ways to read into that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'll just be honest. I don't know exactly. What but but like you said, both are interesting. Like, both are both. interesting. And in either, either one, it just shows that Nicodemus is in the dark and Jesus is bringing the light. Yeah. I tried to get Jamie to play DC Talks in the light. And uh, she you. shot me down. It yeah. took me four years for her to get to play Africa, and she did that at the Fall Fest. So when you were sick and not there, so she's still yeah. holding a grudge. Yeah, yeah I get still it. Still not happy about that, but you know, we'll get some DC talk from her. Maybe it'll take a couple years, <laughs> and probably some copyright infringement. But we'll get there. Yeah, maybe some other people maybe. bringing it up. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> so uh, first question. Yeah, John three thirteen. What about Elijah? Yeah, great question. Great question here. What about Elijah? John Mm -hmm. 3.13 says this. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. He says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Um, And Jesus continues on in verse 14, which I think adds a little context. Uh, The question says, Well, what about Elijah? 2 Kings 2, 11-12, Elijah and Elisha, or Elisha, however you want to refer to him, are walking together. And it says this. It says, As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which would be terrifying, (laughs) appeared and separated the two of them. That's crazy language to me there. Uh, And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and he tore it in two. Um, So they're walking along. Uh, Elijah has passed this on to his apprentice that, Hey, you are now going to be the prophet of God. And then God shows up in this chariot of fire with horses of fire, separates them. Elijah gets on board and a whirlwind goes up to heaven. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't die. It's just like... taken up on the coolest express route of all time, right? <laughs> and Alicia's there like, what Wait a just minute. happened? My mentor is gone in the crazy fashion. I don't know. I'm going to rip my clothes and mourn here for a mm-hmm. second. Um, so, but by all means, he went to heaven. And Jesus said, nobody went to heaven. So who's wrong? Um, the answer is nobody is wrong uh, because context is key. Um, context is king in everything. And what Jesus is talking about is not necessarily the same thing as what's happening to Elijah here. What Jesus is talking about is saying, hey, look, nobody can has access to God the Father to understand all things like I do because I am the Son of God. I am Jesus. I am part of the Trinity. I am God. I am in perfect harmony and unison to understand. So when I say this is how it's going to be, when I'm telling you the things of heaven, nobody has that understanding like me because nobody's God like I am. Nobody is in this perfect Trinitarian unity like I am with God the Father and his Holy Spirit. So I know what I'm talking about. The rest of you guys really have no idea about heavenly things like I do. I'm the expert. You're not. 
sit down Period. here, Pharisee, Nicodemus, mm-hmm. part of the Sanhedrin, right? Um, and it really is. And I mean, in some ways, it is putting the guy who has all of the knowledge, like people would come to him and be like, hey, Nick, I have questions. Help me understand. And he would have the answers. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, you know nothing. And it's, it's true. Yeah. It's true. And Nicodemus comes to realize that, which is also really cool. Yeah. So that's kind of what that explains. It's not, uh, I wouldn't take it quite that literal. Jesus is speaking, I don't want to say figuratively, but he's speaking of a different concept mm-hmm. necessarily than the idea of like actual modes of transportation to and from heaven. Right. That's a good explanation. Yeah. Um, so number two, I think deconstruction is about tearing down established doctrine, doctrines that are morally right in order to paraphrase the doctrine into something more emotionally convenient and less offensive. Don't you? Maybe I heard you wrong. That's from Wes Carroll. Yeah, great, great definition of deconstruction there, Wes. Mm-hmm. Like really good, and you heard it uh, correctly. The fra- the the, the um, definition that I used comes from the book "The Deconstruction of Christianity" by Alyssa Childers and Tim Barnett. Um, great, great, great book. We'll talk about it probably again more on this podcast. Um, but the thing on that is, they I used their definition, which can sound like there's a piece in there that that kind of made me the first time I read it go, hold on, what is it saying? Mm. And I think that's kind of what's happened here and what you may have heard, Wes. Um, Their definition said this, deconstruction is about tearing down doctrines that are morally wrong to you. It's not that the doctrines are morally wrong. It's that they're morally wrong to you to make them match your own internal conscience, moral compass, true authentic self, or whatever else. So that when you read it through, we could say deconstruction is about tearing down doctrines that are morally wrong to you to make. No, it's actually the doctrines. It's tearing down doctrines that you think are morally wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not about the, if the doctrines are true or not. It's about how offended I am by the doctrine. That's the ultimate issue there. So I think, Wes, your definition works just as well. Um, tearing down established doctrines that are right in order to paraphrase the doctrine into something more emotionally convenient, less offensive. Yeah, so it's that idea of, hey, I don't like what the truth is. I don't like that doctrine. I don't like what's being held to there. So I'm going to change it or get rid of it into what I feel comfortable with based Mm -hmm. on my own understanding, my own experience, my own desires, my own version of what right and wrong is, Mm -hmm. my truth, Mm -hmm. my version. I'm going to do me. Yeah, I'm glad that um, you spoke about this because for me, and I don't, our next question is also about deconstruction, so I don't want to get ahead of um, us, but... Most of what we're talking about here, spoiler alert, is going to be deconstruction, yeah, so. which um, is great. A lot of people aren't talking about this. Well, and so I was going to say, like, just as somebody who's young and, like, I'm on social media a lot, like, I've seen tons and tons all of over videos. all over your Everything on every single platform. But I don't think, like, I didn't understand what it was. Yeah. Like, I was watching more videos, and I'm like, okay, it's people, like, mad at church. That's what it seems yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Which could um, be true. Yep. That could be a part of it. And um, just watching those videos, like it was just very confusing for me. So I'm glad that we're talking about it here because I, I'm sure other people feel the same way that I yeah. do, where I'm like, what are what are people talking about? Yeah. Like, what is going on? This book deal? is so good. And I would encourage anybody, if you have questions, it just came out. Um, Tim Barnett does um, uh, Red Pen Logic um, apologetic stuff on social media. You can find mm-hmm. him a lot on um, Facebook, especially. I think that's where I see most of his stuff. Uh, but he's a great mind, apologetics mind and stuff like that. And so he's kind of tackled this on because deconstruction, as they call it in their book, is not a movement. It's an explosion. Mm. Um, a movement has purpose and goes in one direction. Explosion just happens and goes everywhere. Yeah. And that's what deconstruction is because you can deconstruct and land in a very different place than I would if I mm-hmm. deconstructed and then that they would or you would or anybody else would. There's no proper landing spot and there's yeah. no proper way to get there. 
It's this ambiguous explosion that occurs. <laughs> it's not about where you land. It's about what you're going away from. Yeah. Like that's yep. really what it comes. It's what you are leaving. It's what the deconstruction is. Uh, there's also been this uh, movement in churches where they always say, hey, deconstruct, just deconstruct towards Jesus or deconstruct mm-hmm. using the Bible. And anybody who is part of the deconstruction explosion would say that's not deconstruction. Yeah. Like if you look up social media, some of the major influencers for this kind of stuff, they would say that's not it at all. You can't deconstruct and land with God. You can't mm-hmm. deconstruct and land uh, in more doctrine. You can't deconstruct and trust the Bible more. Mm. That's not deconstruction. And they're right. It's not. Um, that is not how deconstruction happens at all. Deconstruction is about looking and saying, hey, what does the Bible say is true? That bothers me in these areas. I don't want that anymore. Mm. Um, because my truth says this. As Christians, we say, you know, the truth says this. And yeah. how are we going to deal with the truth? It's mm-hmm. not about making up my truth. It's about dealing with the reality of what is. Um, and then you see this, you see it a lot, I think younger generations, but it's not just there. It's happening all the time. We were talking and I'm going to, man, I'm 90% sure this is correct. So if I'm wrong, apologies ahead of time. Uh, but we were talking about DC talk beforehand and, um, I was talking with Jamie about it and we were talking about how talented they are as uh, writers and musicians and singing and all that stuff. And she brought up, I believe his name's Kevin Max, who's a part of DC Talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, it hurts my heart that you don't, that you were like, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so he, I mean, my mom had the CD when oh, I was little, but. Oh, Silvio, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's so good. Um, <laughs> I hate working with people younger than me. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm just kidding. It's I on the record. I love you guys. It's on the record, but I love you guys. That's also on the record. Um, anyway, to say Kevin Max deconstructed um, uh, his faith. Um, the guy who wrote um, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. This was a big thing in like the 90s, early 2000s uh, for Christians that were like, hey, I'm not going to date. I'm going to date Jesus. And it was based off of this guy's book. I cannot remember his name, and I should. Um, somebody's yelling it at the podcast now. Thanks for doing that. I can't hear you. Um, but he deconstructed, um, and they basically, both of them would say, yeah, I'm not a Christian anymore. I've left the faith. I've left all of that. I don't, I don't adhere to that anymore. Um, so it's not just people that are 15 to 25 years old. It's people that ultimately just landed in a place where it got hard. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Well, let's go into um, the third question here. Yeah. Uh, is deconstruction always a bad thing? Shouldn't we evaluate our beliefs from time to time to see if they're true? Sometimes we believe things for no good reason at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the answer to that is yes, deconstruction is always a bad thing uh, because these are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, deconstruction is not about getting your theology right or to get your views about matching reality. It's about knocking down core doctrinal beliefs that you don't like because it's based on your feelings or your own moral code. And I think you were saying that before too. Yeah. Like, and I think that's what's really helped me just in this conversation of like, it's like we're focusing on what we think, what we want. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like the kind of more selfish way of where does authority things. lie? Yes. That's the question that's yep. at hand. And for people who deconstruct it, they are saying, Hey, I no longer think authority lies with God or in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's what deconstruction does. So you're not going to Scripture, you're not going to God to figure out answers. You're right. going to just about anything else. For a lot of people, it's my own moral code, mm-hmm. my own beliefs, what I'm comfortable with. Maybe it's a cultural narrative that I like a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for people, um, the reason that they deconstruct gets to a part where they say, hey, a lot of times, not every time, I don't want to speak for everything, right? But a lot of times, I had a personal relationship with somebody, and I felt like I was being hateful by telling them that their lifestyle was wrong. Mm, mm-hmm. 
according to the Bible. Who am I to make that judgment call? I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like that. I think the Bible is wrong because this is a good person. Mm -hmm. I love this person. I care about this person. They do a lot of good things in the world. How can I say that they're a bad person or they're wrong? Mm -hmm. Um, I would argue against that and say, well, because we're all bad people and we all do wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all sinned to fall short of the glory of God. So it's not that they have no value or no worth. They have so much value and worth. They're image bearers of God and Jesus died on the cross for them. So they have tons of that packed into them. But that doesn't take away from the fact that they are still sin sick sinners just like us Mm -hmm. that need to be washed, washed of our sins and unrighteousness by the blood of Jesus. Yep. And, and it's, I, I'm just glad we're talking about this because I think I would have thought the same thing, but like the whole evaluate our beliefs from time to time, like that just seems mm. like there's not like a word yeah. for it. Right. Like I just, in my head, so I keep I, thinking I like digging deeper, yeah. like digging deeper, like asking questions, like yeah. being curious, wanting to learn. Um, but what are, so there are people who like, there are people in churches that would say, no, just they want to redeem the term deconstruction, mm-hmm. you know, not just deconstruct, using the Bible. It's like they're trying to yeah. this word. Don't do that. Yeah. Just, let's just call it what it is and let's separate it out. I like terms, you know, spiritual formation, okay. discipleship. Those are all healthy things to do. Yeah. Then that is, they're all based around the premise of going back, apologetics, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But they're all based around the thing of going back and finding out what is truth and using the Bible and God to, to dictate that. Mm-hmm. So to be able to say, hey, shouldn't we evaluate our beliefs from time to time, see if they're true? Sometimes people believe something for no good reason at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. You should do that. Like, I think if you, especially if you grew up in the church and you're like, hey, I believe this about baptism. I believe this about the sacraments or ordinances, or I believe this um, about whatever, like whatever you want to call it, you mm-hmm. know, women in ministry or all of these kinds of things. No, go to scripture. Like, yeah. absolutely go evaluate why you believe that. Don't just yeah. believe it because your parents did. Don't just believe it because your church you grew up in. Don't just believe it because Rick or I said that. Like, right. Don't. Um, I got a text message from a buddy yesterday. He was like, hey, I dove into this Nicodemus stuff. I don't know if I said this in the podcast. We were talking about mm-hmm. this earlier. But he said, hey, I dove into this Nicodemus stuff even more after your talk and found out all these other things about him. Yeah, absolutely. He went to Scripture. He didn't just trust me. And this is a friend of mine. And he was like, I don't trust Jake. I'm going to Scripture. <laughs> I told him, please do. Yeah. I was laughing because he texted me and he said, yeah, sometimes when I'm like sitting in church, something happens or somebody says something and I begin to like research it on my phone and my wife thinks I'm being disrespectful. Oh. So you guys are speakers and I'm like, no dude, absolutely do that. Yeah. Like you go dive in more to the word. And if you are caught on this Jesus centered bunny trail, I'm not saying look at your sports center scores, right? right. But like if you're going to this Jesus centered bunny trail that's leading you, I want to say that's the Holy spirit and it's better than anything I got. Me. Well, and like you guys only you don't have need to so hear much time underwear. for your little You need to feet. get into there. <laughs> So you only you only have so much time, so right. That's why we do series. That's why we do a yes. whole series. But but things. like so you know, getting into the stories and everything too. Like I've been doing that too. Or like we go over a story and I'll go reread it, and I'm like, but this was interesting to me. That yeah. maybe like just wasn't even a part of yeah the talk. You know, absolutely. Like, so I do think that that dive is. in. Like I would encourage it. Anything. Don't ever take our words for it. I can't wait to start texting you after and being like, I don't believe a word Please. you say. I love it. I love it. Like all the time. And I love when people come up and are like, man, I'm not sure about this because of this or that. And you know what? There's times people bring that up and I'm like, man, what a good point. point yeah. I need to dive into that more. I need to think about that a little more. And I'm so thankful for it. Like I'm, you I, can question yeah. me all day long. That's one thing I it's really, cool. I'm I, married. I'm used to it. It's good. I love you, Ashley. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say that's one I thing. have had too much coffee apparently this morning. <laughs> I'm going to get You're myself buzzing. in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, that's one thing I really appreciate about North Point is like, you like, don't, you know, like just go look for yourself and we can have a good conversation and it doesn't have to be an we have argument. Good guardrails. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. really, yeah. I appreciate Authority of scripture, that. unity, believers, they're really good guardrails. Um, so this is our last question. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to a young adult that has grown up in church and as they move out into the world, they de- deconstruct their faith and walk away from 
the truth. What would you say to their parents? So uh, full transparency, I got a little emotional reading this one. Really? Yeah. Like this one hit um, because there's pain behind this. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I can only stop and think like, man, I want my girls to know and follow and love after mm-hmm. Jesus with all their heart. And if they choose not to do that, how much pain that would cause. Yeah. Um, and how much hurt that would be. And I know we have lots of families in the church Absolutely. that probably would ask the and, same And question. people all over that are yep. asking this question. Yep. Right? Like that's why we have three questions on deconstruction. Um, and, yeah. and I only brought up deconstruction for two minutes, mm-hmm. you know, but because it's a real thing and I yeah. knew our podcast would go this way. Um, man, he, you know, he, deconstruction is, is just, I wrote a lot of notes and I'm going to read some of these just to be honest, to keep my thoughts yeah. together. Uh, but deconstruction is just the latest tool for people to walk in away from Jesus. Like it has happened since Jesus walked the earth that people have heard what he said and they've chosen to walk away. And every single person has to choose what they're going to worship and who gets to be the Lord of their life. Is it going to be Jesus? Is it going to be someone or something else? Is it a different belief system? Is it myself? Whatever it may be. Uh, the goal of deconstruction is to land you in a place that's ultimately away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if I were talking to somebody who walked away from Jesus or had deconstructed in their faith, uh, first thing I would want to do is I'd want to hear their story. I would ask lots and lots and lots of questions like what led them to where they are? Was it a bad church experience that led them there? Was it a biblical truth that was hard to wrestle with? Was it a personal relationship that made them feel judgmental or uncaring? Uh, something probably led them to a place where they decided that following Jesus was just too hard. Mm-hmm. And it has happened. We read about it in the Bible. Um, Jesus would say things like to the rich young ruler, sell everything and follow me. And he decided that was just too hard. He said things like eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the people who were listening to him thought, man, that is just too hard. Following Jesus is hard because it means surrendering to him. Mm -hmm. And that is a massive, massive step to do. Mm -hmm. Massive step. And ultimately it's a step that leads to truth and forgiveness and a new life. So it is totally, totally worth it. But it does mean giving up control. That my life is Jesus. My preferences are Jesus's. My desires are Jesus's. My moral compass is Jesus's. That it is no longer about me. It's about him. So I would ask lots and lots of questions to figure out how did you arrive at the point of deconstruction? And then I would pray for them. And I would continually let them know they are loved by me and they are loved by Jesus. I wouldn't argue with them because Mm -hmm. deconstruction is based on feelings more than facts, yeah. Um, but I would lovingly explain why I landed where I did, why this works for me, why I found this to be the way, the truth, and the life, and why Jesus is there. Because maybe in my experience or my explaining, there's something that can be there. But if they're like, no, you're stupid, Jake. Yeah. Like you are hateful and you're, okay, I understand that you feel that way, man. I do. And look, I love you. God loves you. And I'm going to trust the spirit to do his thing. But here's why I am the way I am. And we yep. can agree to disagree and I can still love you. I'm not going to get emotionally invested. Yep. And I'm glad you said don't yeah. argue because I think that um, even with little conversations, I know that even I have just had myself. Um, they can escalate quickly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even when like it's not me arguing, you know, like if I'm getting yelled at, that's going to just shut me down. Like, yep. And I don't want to talk to you about it ever again kind of a deal. Like right. it, it's that's really hard and um, I think, too, when it comes from, like, parents or something, yeah, it, you can get heated. And like you said, you care a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but it just could also be damaging. Well, the so. hard part is about anything, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether right. it's at some point, the facts are the facts. Mm-hmm. We're all aware of the facts. 
uh, we're dug in because of emotion. Mm-hmm. So feelings and those kinds of things. And, yep. and man, I, I can't necessarily change somebody else's feelings on that, but I can pray for him and trust that the spirit can, because he's yep. so much better at convincing than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and God loves more than I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so which kind of leads to the second part here. What would you do if you're, if you're a parent and your kids are going through this? Uh, number one, your child, uh, like so many other things in life, they have to make their own decisions at some mm-hmm. point in time. And that is hard. That's yeah. just difficult. It doesn't mean that you were a bad parent. It doesn't mean that you didn't tell them about Jesus enough. It doesn't mean that you didn't prepare them enough for life. It means that ultimately it is up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving away that control is hard. I'm terrified to do it now. And my oldest is only five and hasn't even started kindergarten, right? Like she's getting to start kindergarten next year. And I'm like, I don't want, don't do that mm-hmm. because then somebody else becomes your primary influence during the day. And I want or to have myself or your mom do that. Like that's hard and people homeschool comes to that and that's great. And people choose not to homeschool because of that. And that's great too. Like there's yep. no right or wrong answer on that issue, but it's ultimately like, Hey, it's hard to let go of that control mm-hmm. as parents. Cause we love so stinking much. Um, there's a verse in here, Psalm 127, three through five it says children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him. Keep that in mind when you are like frustrated with your kids. The Bible literally says they are a reward from him. So when they don't want chicken nuggets for dinner after wanting chicken nuggets, that's, I was gonna say that's they only reward. want chicken nuggets, but um, I'm not kidding. I just okay. wrote that verse out like not that yeah. long ago. It's yeah. good to have that just right just that somewhere reminder. we can see. <laughs> but then he says this part, and I think this is good. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are a children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver, which is where you store the arrows on your back, is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And what is the ultimate purpose of having a quiver full of arrows? It's not for storage. Mm -hmm. Like it's not to be able to say, you know, the more the merrier. I'm now going to just have these cool arrows with me all along. The reason that an archer, a warrior would carry a quiver full of arrows is to use those arrows. Mm -hmm. And if you use an arrow, you have to send it out. Mm -hmm. You shoot arrows, right? And when you do that, when you shoot the arrow, you've now given up control of where that arrow goes. Mm -hmm. You can take care of it while you have it. Point it in the right direction. You can literally point (laughs) it in the right direction when you send it out. But Mm -hmm. when it goes, I no longer have control of that arrow. Where it lands, what it hits, what gets in its way, all of those things, Mm -hmm. right? All the way up until that, I can take good care of my arrow. I can try and make it as you know, straight and narrow as possible, right? I can give it all the feathers to fly properly. I don't even know what those little feathers are called. Somebody's yelling that at the podcast too right now. I know we have archers at our church, so there you go. Uh, But like all of those things, but ultimately when it goes out, I've lost control. I've lost control. I've done everything I can do. Where it lands and how it goes is no longer up to me. And so as a parent, recognize that. Um, Pray, 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 pray. And then pray some more for your kids. Like that mm-hmm. is the best thing you can do once that arrow is out of your home um, is to pray and recognize when you pray, as hard as it may seem to grasp, God loves them more than you do. <laughs> he does. He mm-hmm. wants what's best for them and knows what's best for them. Mm-hmm. So he even knows if they have to struggle through a hard season that is difficult for us to watch as parents because we just want our kids to be yeah. good and have good things all yeah. the time. God knows ultimately that is good for them in the long run mm-hmm. and allows that for them. He knows the right things to push. He knows how to parent them better than we do because yeah. he knows them better than we do. So trust that God is working in there. Trust that God loves them. Pray for them like crazy. And in the meantime,
time as you are worrying at home, uh, I would encourage you guys go buy the book, The Deconstruction of Christianity by mm-hmm. Alyssa Childress and Tim Barnett. Uh, I do not get a cut back on this. I just think it's a really good <laughs> book. Um, probably one of the best resources for deconstruction stuff out there because when they write it, they're writing to parents whose kids have deconstructed. Mm-hmm. They're writing to people whose friends have deconstructed. They're writing to people who are just trying to figure out what, what this means because yep. it's so convoluted at times. And it will provide you some context and some understanding and maybe some good conversations that mm-hmm. you can be able to have. Um, and it's a cool way to be able to tell your maybe your kid or your loved one or friend, hey, look, I'm trying to understand. So, like, I'm reading this book. It said this. What are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, and they can begin to have conversations that maybe you were never going to be able to have, mm-hmm. but by showing an effort, you, it opens up some doorways for you. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that would be my encouragement. Know you're loved. It's hard. It's hard. And, and I feel for you, but God loves you and God loves your kids and your loved ones and your friends and your family more than you even do. So mm-hmm. pray for them, be there for them and remind them that they're loved by you and God. Yeah. I think I'm just glad we get to have this conversation because I think um, some Christians like steer away from it. Like I don't even want to talk about it kind of a deal. So it's difficult. Yeah, it's yep. And it is. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things though that I'm really glad because I think a lot of other people have questions about it too. Yeah, so absolutely. So that being said, man, I would encourage if you know somebody that is going through this stuff, share this with them. Yeah. Like talk yep. about this, do that. Maybe they can, if somebody who would say, no, Jake's a moron. Like that is not <laughs> what my deconstruction journeys look like at all. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I've, or if you already yeah. think that still just, you know, yeah, it brings up it good anyway. conversations. Do it anyway. Yeah. Like, dislike this podcast, whatever you need to do. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, hopefully it gets conversation going, you know, let's not avoid the, yeah. go avoid it. Let's talk and talk about hard things. Jesus talked about hard things. Maybe that was what was so unexpected. He wasn't always politically correct. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is the phrase when Jesus is like, Hey, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And so many people were like, and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone. I'm not doing that anymore. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And his disciples were like, would you stop saying that stuff? Yeah. Like, like we got a lot of followers going on and we're going to lose some likes and some shares <laughs> and some online traction here. Jesus, if you keep Come saying crazy now. stuff, that's totally unexpected. <laughs> and Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I just love it. I love it. Gosh. Well, thanks Jake. Yeah. Thanks for answering these questions. We got good stuff coming up. I know I want, we want to wrap this up here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easter is yep. right around the corner. Yeah, sure is. Coming up, right? Sure. Three services is. on Easter, 8, 39, 45, and you got this. 11. Mm-hmm. I got to do numbers, guys. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, live streaming from what I've heard, the 945 service, the middle service in there. So, But we'd encourage you guys to come join, celebrate it with us, man. Yeah. Easter is a really, really big deal. It's a fun party. Uh, it's so good. And just being able to come. We'll do a good Friday service like we have beforehand. Oh. I imagine we'll still probably do the prayer walk and have that set up. Yep. Maybe in the front of the building that you can come and, and spend some time uh, doing that. That would be a really cool thing. Uh, we've even got a really cool uh, egg your neighbor thing coming oh, up. We yeah. haven't talked about that yet. I w- yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, but we're, we're going to start that. talking about it here in March. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and rip that Band-Aid off here. Uh, we had some really cool ideas that um, we did this a little bit before. We're kind of modifying it some here. Uh, but we are getting... You heard it here first. North Point is encouraging you to egg your neighbor's house. We are encouraging house. you to egg your neighbor's house. Leave so it at that. <laughs> we've got uh, little eggs, uh, like uh, I was going to say hide and seek eggs. Like, what, what you well, just, Easter eggs, like little, little plastic little eggs. Little plastic Easter eggs, yeah. I don't know. Why, hide and seek eggs, I don't know. Um, but we got a bunch of those in a bag that we're going to be able to give in a yard sign. And what we're encouraging you to do is to sneak over to your neighbor's house. Um, 
I don't, you'll probably get caught on their ring doorbell. That's fine. Um, makes for some good makes videos. Makes for some good videos. Hide eggs all over their front yard and then stick this sign in their yard that says, uh, you've been egged by your neighbor. And sponsored by North yeah. Community Kind of like a boo, like a, a, a Halloween or yeah, whatever, where people do that or things. teachers do that. It's just a fun way yeah. to invite your neighbors to the Easter service, invite your neighbors to church and to just love on them around Easter. Yeah. Like, you know, if they have kids or if they don't have kids, but they want to play hide and seek with some Easter eggs, that's cool too. Yeah. We never really grow up, but it's a fun thing just to be able to do, if nothing else, uh, and maybe leads to some great conversations. Uh, maybe you do it for your neighbor, and they're like, I don't even know who did this, right? Yeah. And they have no idea who egged my house here. And that's fantastic, too. Uh, we just think it's a really cool, fun thing to be able to do for your neighbor. So we're encouraging everybody the two weeks leading up to, so Palm Sunday and the Sunday before, I think we're going to have them out and ready. Um, ordered the signs. They're supposed to come in. I've got way too many plastic eggs and candy in my office right now. <laughs> yeah. Getting this thing prepared. But we'd encourage you guys, plan on doing that this Easter to just have some fun as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun things. So, well, thanks again, Jake. Yeah. And we're just going to wrap this up. So thank you everybody for watching and please like, subscribe, share, comment. Like we said, send to a friend um, just for a good conversation starter, if you know nothing else. So yeah. thanks and we'll see you on Sunday.